This is Lawyer to Lawyer, the award-winning legal podcast with J. Craig Williams and Robert Ambrogi. West Coast meets East Coast, and yes, they are attorneys, bringing you the latest legal news and observations every week with the leading experts in the legal profession. Produced right here on the Legal Talk Network. Welcome to Lawyer to Lawyer on the Legal Talk Network. We're glad you could listen today. This is Bob Ambrogi coming to you from Massachusetts. My co-host, Jay Craig Williams, is away on business today and unable to join us. I uh, write a blog called Law Sites and also uh, legal blog watch for law.com. Craig, of course, writes the blog, May It Please the Court. Today's show uh, welcomes a new sponsor, a new premium sponsor, SunTrust, Private Wealth Management Solutions for Attorneys and Law Firms. More information available at suntrust.com. We're also sponsored by Clio, the web-based practice management program available uh, at goclio.com. Well, today's show uh, is uh, has become somewhat of an annual tradition. Uh, it's our annual predictions show at which we make some uh, uh, do some crystal ball gazing for the year ahead and also uh, look back at how well we did over the past year. It was quite a year from the inauguration of President Obama and Captain Sully Sullenberger's miraculous landing on the Hudson River to massive layoffs at law firms and the death uh, of Senator Ted Kennedy, something felt uh, felt uh, close to the heart here in Massachusetts where I am. Uh, it was certainly a year to remember. Uh, so today on Lawyer to Lawyer, we're going to uh, welcome back a returning guest, attorney Stephen L. Kaplan, who's going to reflect on his 2009 predictions and look ahead to uh, a new year and even a new decade. Uh, Steve Kaplan is a principal in the law firm of Hicks, Mims, Kaplan, and Burns, which has offices in Laguna Niguel and Santa Monica, California. Prior to becoming a lawyer, he was a certified public accountant, uh, qualifying him to do some number crunching here. Uh, So we'd like to welcome back to Lawyer to Lawyer, Stephen Kaplan. Welcome back, Steve. Uh, thanks, Bob, for having me back. Uh, before we get back, before we get started, I, I, I want to take a look back at some of your predictions you did last year and see how well you did. And then we'll talk about some of your predictions for 2010. Um, but uh, you've been on this show, uh, I don't know, four times now, maybe, I think. Um, for listeners who are unfamiliar, uh, just tell us... Uh, Again, how it is that that you got into the prediction business here? Well, it's really not much of a business. It's more of a a hobby. And what happened was is during the uh, during the uh, elections about four years ago, uh, I was exchanging a lot of emails with a lot of friends, and everybody was making political predictions about who would win. And uh, I kind of got hooked. So, and I also wanted to. I uh, actually put something in writing because uh, uh, I wanted to be able to track if I was any good at it. And uh, it seems like, in retrospect, that I'm pretty good at... I'm not so good with the political predictions, but I seem to be much better with the uh, the predictions involving popular culture. I don't know what that says about me, but <laughs> just historically, that just seems to be the case. 
Well, I, I hope Hollywood is paying attention because, yeah, you've certainly been been doing well on that score. Um, and, and I certainly use the term business uh, somewhat tongue-in-cheek. Uh, so, well, let's look back at how well you did in, in 2009. Uh, we'll go through some of your specific predictions, but uh, why don't you kind of sum up your, your uh, impression or your performance uh, on, on uh, crystal ball gazing last year? I actually did uh, surprisingly well, except for uh, when I tried to predict specific things about stocks and oil prices. That doesn't seem to do so well, but things involving everything else, politics uh, and uh, entertainment and the economy in general seems to be spot on. And for whatever reason, real estate seems to be working out for me too. Well, I hope you're uh, investing or not investing according to those predictions. But uh, well, let's talk about the economy. You predicted last year uh, that the United States would still be in a recession as of the end of 2009. Uh, how do you grade your performance there? Well, I didn't give myself an A only because there are uh, some economists who say that we are technically out of the recession. But I did give myself a B on that one because uh, while we may be technically out of recession, I don't really think we are. But while we might be, uh, it sure doesn't feel like we're uh, out of the recession yet. Things just seem to be getting worse and worse and worse, particularly for uh, for unemployment. And you know that old joke that uh, it's a uh, recession when your neighbor's unemployed and it's a depression when you're unemployed. <laughs> so, and, and unemployment is just, you know, uh, here in California in particular, I imagine in Massachusetts also, it's just skyrocketing. And, and perhaps, uh, from what I've heard, there are still some economists who aren't sure we've even started a recession yet. Uh, yeah, <laughs> so I'm amazing, not sure how that it? factors in. Uh, yeah. Um, well, yeah, I think a B, maybe a, maybe a B plus even is uh, warranted there. Um, how about uh, on an international scene? We'll talk about elections uh, in Iran. Uh, you... I'm going to try to give up predicting third world elections because they <laughs> always steal them. So what's the point? <laughs> well, we won't we won't pick on you too too badly then. But you you did predict that Iranian President Mahmoud Ahmadinejad uh, would not be reelected. How'd you do there? <laughs> <laughs> well, I gave myself a C on that one because uh, he's still in power, but I'm not too sure he really won. I think he probably <laughs> did, but it, it's a little unclear. And it's kind of interesting what's developing now, you know, with all the protests in Iran, and we'll see how that plays out in 2010. It's going to be True. an interesting year. It is right, and and I'm, I'm trying to remember whether those protests uh, they started uh, I think just after the turn of the year, so they don't qualify as as a, a 2009. Uh, well, they really reaction. started right after the Iranian elections when the opposition was claiming that he stuffed the ballot box. Right, right. And you so, know it's yeah. kind of been nonstop since then, and uh, it's going to be interesting to see how that one plays out. Yeah. You know, it's. Uh, uh, it's hard to overturn these totalitarian regimes by just protesting on the streets. We'll just see. We'll see what happens. It's going to be an interesting year. So, so perhaps you had the sentiment right, if not necessarily the outcome. You're being very kind to me. I, <laughs> thank you very much. <laughs> well, we want you to come back next year. So. <laughs> Gladly. Uh, well, let's. How about uh, domestically? You predicted that President Obama would accelerate the timetable for troop withdrawals from Iraq. Yeah, I don't. I can't tell if he's really done that or not. I gave. I don't think he has. Uh, I think he's sticking to the same timetables that uh, President Bush uh, agreed to. Uh, 
and is making some noise that they might be accelerated, but I don't think they've changed. So uh, I forgot what grade I gave myself on that one. I think I might have given myself a B on that. You gave yourself a B, uh, and, you know, of course, whatever acceleration he's doing uh, in Iraq might be offset by, uh, you know, what he's doing in Afghanistan, at least uh, in the opinion of some people. So, uh, Yeah, that's another interesting situation that's developing. It seems like, uh, you know, potentially Iraq may be the first Arab democracy. We'll see how that one plays out in 2010, too. And yet Afghanistan just seems to be getting to be more and more of a quagmire. So everybody was focusing on last year, uh, for the most part, on Iraq, and that seems not to be the problem anymore. Yep. Things change. Yes, they do. Uh, that's the trouble with the prediction business, I guess. And it's hard, to, it's hard to predict what's going to happen. <laughs> that's, that's the problem with, with politics also. You know, uh, last year, uh, most of the focus, for the most part, is on, is on Iraq, and uh, this year, it's on Afghanistan. You know, things things are always changing. Back to the economy, I guess. Uh, you predicted last year that California housing prices would decline by more than 10% during 2009. Uh, you got that one right. Yeah, that one happened happened in spades, and I'm sure you're experiencing the same thing in, in Massachusetts. Uh, what we're seeing right now in California is that the low-end housing market is actually kind of hot right now. So homes for maybe under $417,000, uh, they're moving, and there's a lot of even overbidding on those type of homes. But when you get, when you get into the most expensive homes or the more expensive homes, uh, which in California is, is uh, probably a healthy, uh, probably over 50% of the market is going to be over $400,000, at least in, in Southern California, uh, very little is selling, and you're seeing uh, and you're seeing a lot of uh, uh, a lot of short sales and a lot of foreclosures pushing down prices. And well, I've seen I've seen various be- I've seen various reports on the uh, on the national news uh, of speculators in California buying up some of the what you might call the lower end housing stock and and uh, renovating it and fixing it up and putting it back on the market. Yeah, you are seeing a lot of that, but you know when you're talking about lower end, it ain't so low end. Like no, I said, you're talking about four hundred seventeen thousand. You know, there's and at least in uh, in Southern California, uh, unless you go out to the desert communities, uh, you know, you're not going to see many homes under two hundred thousand dollars. So you're talking about a two hundred thousand to four hundred seventeen thousand dollar range, and it is attracting a lot of a lot of I don't know if speculators are the right word, but I'm seeing a lot of people who are uh, if they can't sell them. They're renting them out, and they're you know they're at least break even cash flow. But even rents here in California are, are starting to come down. Yeah, and I, I understand that low end is a relative term uh, in, in, uh, compared to uh, much of the nation. Um, you predicted uh, again uh, in the econ- related to the economy. You predicted that at least one of the big three U.S. automakers would file for bankruptcy in two thousand and nine. Yeah, if I was a little more aggressive, I would have picked two, but. Uh, <laughs> And uh, yes, you you gave yourself an A there, and and I think that's certainly warranted. Well, let's talk about technology a little bit. And another one of your predictions last year uh, was, uh, you know, that Windows 7 would be released in 2009. Uh, I don't know if you had an inside line at Microsoft, but uh, how'd you do there? Well, it happened. So I gave myself an A, and I actually have loaded it now on a couple of my laptop computers. And... uh, I like it marginally better than than Vista. I don't know if you're using it or not. 
I haven't. Um, I haven't. I'm still on using XP because I'm still so afraid of it all. But uh. well, it uh, it was a smooth transition for me to upgrade from uh, Vista to Windows Seven. It is snappier. The search function is a little bit better. But like you know, any major upgrade, there's changes in the interface that are going to take a little while to get used to. Uh, but it's certainly. I'm one of those people who was satisfied with Vista. I had. I had pretty good luck with it, but I like Windows Seven. Yeah, it's and getting it, good. It's getting good reviews. Uh, I, I was yeah. just looking yesterday at uh, at uh, Microsoft's new Office 2010, which is uh, going to be out later this year, um, and uh, that looks like it's got some pretty good features too. So, uh, you know, between Bing uh, and uh, Windows uh, Seven and uh, the new version of Office, Microsoft may be. Uh, uh, Turning around from what uh, some saw as uh, as uh, movement in the wrong direction. Well, they seem to be improving, though. But you have to wonder. You know, it seems like the phones are where the action is right now. Yeah. And you have Apple uh, to phones. What what Microsoft arguably still is, and certainly was to computers. They're so dominant. And yeah. Windows just are. Um, Microsoft just doesn't seem to be part of that action. You know, it's almost as if they they've abandoned that market. Or never really entered that market in a serious way, and now uh, Apple is so entrenched, and Google's come along strong also that you wonder if a third player, even a third player the size of Microsoft, can make uh, any dent in that market. I tend to doubt it. Right. I know they're supposed to be out with yet another new version of Windows Mobile pretty soon, also. But uh, you're right. I, I'm not sure it's going to make any difference for them in that market. That that's it's tough. It's just like what Windows, what Microsoft did on the computer end. Once you become that entrenched. No matter how well funded you are, uh, it's hard to gain market share. And then you have Google coming along uh, to do with the phone operating system what Windows did to the browser. They're giving it away for free, and right. it's hard to compete with free. Right. So I think what you're going to end up seeing is you're going to have the smartphones dominated by uh, phones running uh, the Google operating system, which is free, and then the Apple proprietary system. And I think uh, I don't think Microsoft's going to be in the game, but we'll see. Well, notably, one of your predictions last year was that cell phones using the Google Android operating system would outsell Apple's iPhone in the fourth quarter of 2009. Well, your, timing, your timing might have been a little off there. <laughs> yeah, I think it was, it was too early. I thought that there was going to be more manufacturers releasing Android phones uh, during 2009, the fourth quarter, than what really happened. I mean, basically, the only... The only serious player out there was Motorola, which is having a lot of success with a droid phone that's sold, sold through Verizon. But I thought there were going to be a lot of other manufacturers uh, getting to the game, and I think they're going to get in the game in, in 2010. Uh, you can already yeah. see Google just yesterday announced the release of their own phone that's manufactured to their specification by HTC. So I think you're going to see just a deluge of of. Google phones hitting the market in 2010, and since Google's given away the operating system, I think they're going to make a run at Apple. It's hard to compete with free. Yeah, I, I think one thing we didn't really foresee a year ago was how important the development of apps for the iPhone would become, and, and I think the uh, the speed with which uh, developers are able to build apps for other systems uh, is going to somewhat determine what happens over the next year. I think the popularity of these apps is really helping to drive the popularity of the iPhone. 
Oh, absolutely. But Google's trying to do the same thing. Right. So they've got their own app store, and it is and it's growing at an incredible uh, rate. People are adding programs to it all the time. And, you know, once again, it just shows the genius of Steve Jobs. He just created an entire new industry that's going to be bigger than computers if it isn't already out, out of, out of uh, thin air. So it's, that's where the action is going to be, you know, so the smart, smart cell phones. Well, let's turn to uh, a law a little bit where uh, you predicted last year that there would be at least one vacancy on the Supreme Court in 2009. That certainly came true. Uh, that happened. It wasn't feet first, but it happened. And uh, uh, I think you gave yourself, did you give yourself, I don't know what you gave yourself on that. I hope you gave yourself an A on that. Well, with the, I should have if I did. <laughs> I, don't see, I, don't I actually had the privilege of being sworn into the Supreme Court uh, in 2009, and seeing the uh, seeing the justices up front and personal, and um, it is uh, you know the, some of the justices are very old and very frail, uh, but all of the justices, uh, it's amazing, uh, especially given some of their ages. Uh, how intelligent they are, how mentally they are all there. It was really a privilege. It was uh, one of the highlights of my professional career. Recommended to anybody, to everybody who's a lawyer, to do it. Uh, well, that's great. And actually, uh, in another vacancy uh, here in Massachusetts, uh, you predicted that a Kennedy would replace a Kennedy in the U.S. Senate. Uh, that yeah, what, what happened so with well. that one? Why, why did that happen? <laughs> well, uh, I don't know. Um, I thought the Kennedys owned Massachusetts. It looks Apparently uh, not. It, it, it's it's turning out to be an interesting race here. I, actually, uh, we have uh, two lawyers, uh, one a Republican and one a Democrat, of course. Uh, and, and the margin between them is in the polling so far is is uh, perhaps slimmer than than you might expect. Uh, everybody thinks that Martha Coakley, the Democratic candidate, uh, uh, will. Uh, you know, is 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 a shoe in for the seat, but uh, Scott Brown, the Republican candidate, a lawyer, a graduate of my alma mater at BC Law School, is uh, is giving her a good run for the money. But no Kennedys on the ballot. And Are you going to make Paul, a prediction? Uh, well, sure, I'll predict that Martha Coakley gets it. That, that's that's easy. But uh, she is she is a Democrat. I, I don't think there has ever been, uh, at least in recent history, a Republican who's uh, been elected to serve in Congress from Massachusetts. If, if Mitt Romney time. had run, would he have had a serious shot at the at the seat, or is he, or is he history in Massachusetts? Uh, I think he has his eyes on other things. Yeah, I think he would have been. I don't think he would have had a serious shot at it. Um, but you know, I think he has his eyes on other things, bigger things. The, the talk is whether he'll be running for president, uh, and I'm sure he will. I'll predict he does. I want to get to some of your predictions for next year, but let's before I before I get off of uh, 2009, you. You talked about your uh, track record with popular culture, and I want to talk about the Oscars. Uh, you predicted last year that Slumdog Millionaire would win the Best Film Oscar. Yeah, I thought it was the most politically correct of all the movies, so that was going to win, and I got that one right. Basically, what I do for the Oscar predictions is I is the number one focus is on what's most politically correct. Slumdog Millionaire, that, that was the hands down last year. It was easy. Yeah. And you also accurately predicted the Best Supporting Actor Oscar going to Heath Ledger and the Best Actor Oscar going to Sean Penn for his role in Milk. Well, you know, after you get past the what's most politically correct, uh, 
you have to look for crowd favorites. So I figured, well, Heath Ledger, he, not only did he do a terrific job in Batman, but, uh, uh, you know, since he died so tragically, I guess it wasn't tragically, but since he died, uh, I figured that made him the front runner. And he did a terrific job. That was, uh, I thought he was incredible in Batman. And then, of course, Sean Penn, I predicted as, as the best actor uh, because uh, for his role in Milk, uh, and I did that because at the same time, Proposition 8 here in California was overturned by the California Supreme Court. It was the gay, uh, gay marriage proposition. Right. Um, I figured there would be a lot of sympathy politically. He was a politically correct choice. So, and Sean won. Yep. Uh, and there again, you were uh, you were spot on. You predicted that the California Supreme Court would uphold Proposition 8, uh, and you you were correct. Yeah, every once in a while, I'll throw a legal prediction in. Yeah, and I uh, got that one right. Uh, I guess the question with Heath Ledger is whether he's going to be up for another Oscar next year. That's going to be interesting. I think he got his Oscar. Yeah, uh, it'll be interesting to see if they nominate him. I don't think so, but we'll see. Well, we're going to. Uh, I want to hear your predictions for 2010. But before we do that, we're going to take uh, a short break to hear some words from our sponsors, and when we return, we'll look into the future. Imagine how much easier managing your practice would be if your practice management software was web-based. Your practice would be available anywhere you have an internet connection, completely secure, backed up continuously, and most importantly, easy to use, allowing you to spend your valuable time building your practice instead of managing technology. Start simplifying your practice today with Clio. Sign up for a free, fully functional 30-day trial at www.goclio.com. Use promotional code L2L for a 25% discount. Don't miss out on the latest in new media marketing opportunities for your firm. Contact Deb Kernan at 781-551-9960 and learn all about the Web 2.0 revolution. Welcome back to Lawyer to Lawyer on the Legal Talk Network. This is Bob Ambrogi, and I'm talking with Steve Kaplan, uh, who returns to our show every year around this time to make predictions for the coming year and to review his scorecard uh, in his last round of predictions. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit now about 2010 uh, and uh, what Steve sees coming down the pike. Um, for next year, so let's let's look at 2010. Um, and again, starting with the economy, uh, you are predicting uh, that the Federal Reserve will not raise interest rates in 2010. You want to talk about that a little bit? Sure. Uh, things are. Uh, I think the economy is hanging on by a thread, and that uh, any sort of uh, Unexpected bad news, both politically and economically, will send us into a double-dip recession where things just, and maybe even spiraling out of control. So the Federal Reserve uh, is going to keep interest rates basically at zero, at zero just as they are now, uh, because the fear of a worsening or double-dip recession uh, outweighs the fear of any future inflation. So... That's that's basically what I think is going to happen. And I think uh, uh, it's just – plus we have elections coming up in November, and uh, for political reasons, uh, 
the Federal Reserve will be very hesitant to raise rates. What about in the real estate market? What do you see happening there? Real estate market is kind of interesting uh, as far as mortgages are concerned. What we see happening is, or what I see happening, is that uh, mortgage rates are being kept artificially low because basically all mortgage activity in the United States is being funded by the, uh, in one way or the num- uh, another, by the federal government. Uh, lenders really aren't lending. Uh, and I think that the federal, the federal Reserve in particular wants to get out of the mortgage business. Uh, so qualifying, for instance, for FHA loans, which in California is where most of the mortgage loans are now placed, uh, is going to get a little tougher. So instead of being able to put down 5%, you're going to have to put down 10%. And in addition, there's going to be pressure basically from private lenders to raise the mortgage rates, which the Federal Reserve is keeping artificially low. Long story short, I think that 30-year mortgages in 2010 are going to be somewhere above five and three quarters percent, which is still historically low, but is not as low as the just under five percent that we've pretty much had throughout 2009. And then I think it's going to interest rates will be going increasingly up in years to come to get closer to the historical norm of seven or eight percent. And if inflation kicks in, of course, then interest rates will go through the roof. But next year, end of next year, end of this year, rather, 2010, five and three quarter percent. Okay. We'll check back on that. Now, you said earlier in the program that you uh, haven't done so well in predicting uh, oil prices, but it hasn't stopped you from predicting oil prices. Of what course. are you predicting? <laughs> <laughs> this time I'm going to get it right. Uh, what surprised me about oil prices, I suppose I shouldn't have been so surprised, is I thought the free market would have more of an influence on the price than it really does. I thought that when you were in the last year, when I made my predictions, I thought that when you are in the middle of the worst recession since the Great Depression, oil prices have to come down. And they didn't. Well, they did, but they came down from being astronomic to, to being too much. And even now, you know, today, right now, oil's around $74 a barrel, which, you know, sounds entirely too high to me, but... I think I don't think it's a free market in oil. And I think that the more uncertainty and doubt you have in the Middle East uh, for oil production producing countries like Iran and uh, the Soviet Union, Russia, for instance, it's good for oil prices. So I think you're going to see Iran stirring up the pot and taking everybody just to the edge. And you're going to see the Russia being obstructionist on 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 doing anything uh, regarding Iran because it's in the economic uh, self-interest of both Russia and Iran to keep oil prices high since they are oil-exporting countries. So to make a long story short, I don't think that, I think that crude oil will be above $75 a barrel at the end of this year, and it could even go substantially higher. And if it does go higher, if it hits $100 again, I think we're going to go into a double-dip recession. Um. I want to, we uh, are already running short on time and we've barely uh, made a dent in talking about next year, uh, but I want to jump ahead to a couple of things. One is one is technology, uh, where you're repeating one of your predictions from last year, which is that cell phones using the Google Android operating system will outsell Apple iPhones this year. I'm going to keep on doing that until I get it you're right. Gonna, you're going to keep at it. Uh, and... Uh, 
And uh, maybe this 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 one isn't so prescient. Uh, Apple will release a tablet computer in 2010. That certainly is the buzz. Yeah, and and I think that the day after I made this prediction, I think it was confirmed in the Wall Street Journal. Right. Okay. For what it's worth, I mean, if, so it's going to happen. I just wondered whether you made it the day after the Wall Street Journal had it or the day before. No, the day no, before, yeah, we'll give you credit. The okay. The email. I actually okay. did the day before. But, yeah. it, you know, there was there was so much buzz about it. It really wasn't much of a prediction. What I find interesting about it, where I really put it in the predictions, was because I just find it fascinating how Apple creates new markets and that nobody else seems to be able to do it right now but them. They created the smartphone market where other people have failed, and now it's bigger than computers. And you have to wonder, when Apple releases a tablet, are they going to create an entire new industry? For instance, will the um, will newspapers and magazines, will this be the beginning of the end for the print industry and the start of delivery of your publications and maybe even textbooks uh, on a tablet? and uh, delivered through iTunes, just like they do with music and podcasts, and create or recreate a whole industry where other people have failed. And I tend to think, you know, given Steve Jobs' track record, that he's going to pull it off. So kind of a marriage of Kindle and uh, and uh, laptop computing and the iPhone and, and everything all wrapped into one. Well, what they seem to do, what Apple seems to do better than anybody else is they take uh, they take concepts that other people have and they just add some steroids to it and come up with something that is, may not be new, but it's, it's evolutionary or revolutionary, not evolutionary, and create whole markets where other people have failed. And I think if, if Apple releases their tablet, they're not doing it uh, because they think that it's going to be a small market. They're doing it because they think they're going to create a huge new revolutionary market. So in, in technology, I think it's going to be a fascinating year. Unfortunately, we're really we're, we're running we're running very short on time, and uh, we're going to have to uh, we're going to have to conclude soon. But uh, given your track record in pub- popular culture, I'm not going to let you go without telling us what we should expect to see at the Oscars this year. Okay, well, since I'm so good at this, and since I haven't seen any of these movies, I predict that Hurt <laughs> Locker the best will win the best Oscar for best film Oscar, uh, and Jeff Bridges will win the best actor Oscar for Crazy Heart. That the Hurt Locker will win the best film Oscar and Jeff Bridges. Best film Oscar, and I haven't seen any the of these movies yet. That that's the best way to do it, right? That's the uh, best way to do it. Predict well, out of ignorance. Well, Steve, uh, we'd like to uh, give you an opportunity to kind of give your closing thoughts on on the year ahead, if you'd like, and also uh, to let our listeners know how they might be able to follow up with you if they'd like to do that. So, why don't you do that? Uh, I think that 2010 uh, is going to be the most interesting year of my life because I think that we are going to see uh, the emergence of uh, China as, uh, if not the preeminent world power, as a close number two to the United States. And at the same time, we're going to see uh, some hard choices having to be made at all sorts of uh, all sorts of governmental levels about what we're going to do about this economy. And it could be, uh, I'm hoping that we will get by, but, you know, these sorts of hard choices really affect people in their pocketbooks. And this could be, um, this can be a very tough year. I'm sure it will be for a lot of people. If our listeners would like to follow up with you, how can they do that? Well, 
what they can do if they want is uh, they can uh, email me at slkaplan at gmail.com. Well, very good. And uh, before we end, I always like to offer a few modest predictions of my own. And I, I, I don't have quite the world outlook that you do, Steve. I, I tend to focus much more on technology and, and social media, social networking uh, areas that are of a lot of interest to me. And one uh, prediction I want to make is that uh, the use of online ratings for lawyers is going to dramatically increase, just as consumers now expect to find online ratings and reviews of hotels and restaurants. They're going to come to expect that as a matter of course in selecting a lawyer. Um, you know, Avo is one company that's come under attack somewhat for attempting to u- issue lawyer ratings. I think we're going to see a lot more of that over the next year. Um, my other prediction is that uh, we're going to see an evolution of search tools, uh, the, the the next generation perhaps of Google and Bing that will rank people online, not just by whatever algorithms Google tends to now use based on links and whatever, but in a way by the influence they yield online. It will be a, effectively a, a sort of a social media search ranking that will that will give people uh, a ranking based on how influential they are in the world of media and uh, and we'll be seeing lawyers rushing to uh, figure out how to how to game that and, and influence uh, their own uh, enhance their own influence ratings um, so, so those are some of the things I see coming down the pike over the next year. You predict uh, that you'll be buying an Apple tablet in 2010? I don't know. You know, I'm not a I'm not a big tablet fan. I haven't ever been a big tablet fan. I I, I was just thinking about this yesterday. Um, I love my iPhone so much that I could see. You know, if it if it replicates that, I, I could see myself wanting to do it. Uh, but I haven't been a big fan of the tablet computing up up till now. So, well, I don't think I'll be able to resist. Oh, and I and it, one other uh, one other uh, one of my producers just just gave me uh, w- one of their predictions was which was that lawyer to lawyer is going to bump Boston Legal out of first place on iTunes in the legal category. Uh, <laughs> we'll see if that happens. Well, I, Steve, I'd like to thank you again for taking the time to be with us and to share your predictions uh, and uh, as well as your. Your scoring of of your uh, past round of predictions. It's always a pleasure to talk to you and have you on the program. Thank you for having me and say hello to Craig. We will do that. Well, that about does it for this week's Lawyer to Lawyer. We'll be back next week with another great program. And uh, we hope uh, with Craig joining us as well then. So talk to you next week. Thanks for listening to Lawyer to Lawyer with J. Craig Williams and Robert Ambrogi. Every week, a new legal topic that you won't want to miss. We hope you'll listen again and check out our other shows on the Legal Talk Network. The Lunch Hour Legal Marketing Podcast, your resource for the tips and tactical advice you need to grow your business. Plus, keep up with the news and commentary you crave to stay one step ahead. It's hosted by me, Guy Sakalakis. And me, Conrad Somm. Every other week, we break down the issues holding back your marketing strategy and talk about the changes you need to be prepared for. Check out the Lunch Hour Legal Marketing Podcast wherever you get your podcasts or on YouTube.